So this new prisoner's first day in prison, and you know it's a rough day. You know, it finally gets to the first day. It's night. It's everything starts to settle down. It's quiet, and then from the end of the hall, you hear fourteen. Everybody starts laughing and hooting and hollering and hitting the walls and hitting the cell. Just this laughter goes on for about a minute, and then it starts to settle down. And then you hear a few minutes later, you hear twelve. Laughter, everybody's just losing their shit. It goes on and on and on. And the new guy asks his cellmate, goes, What what the hell's going on in the background? You hear six, ah, all this laughter. And so, you know, the, the cellmate says to him, he goes, Well, there's only so many jokes that can be told so many different ways. We just numbered them after a while. Oh, can can I try? And he goes, Yeah, give it a try. So he waits for everything to die down. He goes up, puts his face right, you know, through the bars and yells, Eight! Nothing. He looks to his cellmate, and the guy says, some people can't tell a joke. <laughs> You're not one of them. Hey! <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe. I'm Jacques. And I'm Jim. Jim! Jim's on the podcast. Ooh, Jim! Jim's sitting right here. Ooh! Carnival personnel won't be the same. Jim! Jim is joining the podcast. Joining, joining, joining the podcast. Love it for Trump. Jim, he's joining the podcast. Though he should be ashamed, because his podcast is lame. Jim is his name. Jim! Uh, welcome to Carnival Personnel. Uh, two for two for Jim. This is this is now record breaking uh, ground for you. Like I told you guys, I'm committed. I'm here, and I'm uh, I'm excited to be a part of this. Um, we can tell by the sound of your voice. <laughs> I'm excited uh, to be a part of this. Working, I love yeah. America. <laughs> yeah, this is this, this is great. Right. You know, like I said, I'm you. just really just here to defend Trump, <laughs> President Trump's good name. Oh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, so so. You know, everybody who's following us, thank you. Keep, uh, keep you know, posting it on your Facebook and your uh, your Instagrams. Uh, like to thank our friend Chris for phoning in and doing last week's Resident Evil Sideshow. Got a lot of great feedback. Any ideas for other games or other, you know, worlds or realms or... What, what? Franchises. Yeah, put it on our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. It's called uh, Carnival Podcast. Or don't go to the Carnival Podcast. I know it's confusing, but it's Carnival Personnel. That's the name of our show. But the handle is slash Carnival Podcast. We just like to fuck with our audience. And uh, same thing, you know, you can tweet that at Carnival Podcast or at Opti Grabber for Joe or myself. You is, leave me out of this. Is the Jacques Four. And uh, and Jim thinks he has a, a Twitter thing, but he hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah, and I actually haven't looked into that since last time but either. Jim, Jim swore off Twitter ever since the whole Rose McGowan thing. Uh, yeah, it, well, I mean, if there's one thing that upset him is, is the whole Harvey Weinstein and his just absolute it's not the 30s the casting couch is still a, you know i mean it, but it's beyond that but yeah so jim swore off twitter because of rose and we thank you for that no no and that's the no official problem. that's the official story and that's the that's the official reason yeah and we're sticking with that yeah, yeah exactly sure uh, hey you know what i was thinking about one thing with that and i i wasn't going to bring it up but since you brought it up there's got to be and it would just be for 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 the fact that it would be funny i there's got to be back when um Trump during the whole election and all his um, issues came up and all the uh, um, allegations were coming up around his time. There's got to be something out there with Weinstein criticizing him about that behavior. I, I wouldn't Th be surprised. There's got to be something out there. And I, I just. That'll I, be I, the nail in his coffin. No, no, it, it's nailed. <laughs> it'd be nothing. I would just find it funny. And I, I don't mean it, you know, not making it political or anything like that. I, I just, just think it's it funny. Uh, I think uh, it would to be hear great. producer <laughs> yeah. talk about uh, Trump. Well, no. So Joe and I were talking about it. And the more it unravels, it's just the worst it gets. Uh, for me, Aside from the rape, the worst part about it is all the people who allowed it to happen. And, you know, the fact that what it, what was it, eight payouts so far or eight different people that, that over the, just the past few years that they had to settle with for these allegations. And those were the ones that, you know, were big enough to, you know, come forward with it. How many people on the board and in his realm knew this is a thing? This is this is part of who he is and how we do business as a company. I think uh, I think everybody that worked with him knew, and you know we're complicit. And it's just sort of like, but at some point, if everybody's doing it, is there is it anybody's fault? Like if everybody's being complicit about it, if, if everybody's being silent about it, do we 
now like go after everybody else retroactively or do we just say okay well if anything or do we choose as an example like okay so now we know what happens in hollywood we know this is a thing and we it's not just hollywood by the way it's every business. it's every industry right so now do this just sort of make it more uh, of a responsibility for people who know these things are happening in their businesses that you should come forward with it and damn the repercussions and don't be don't be afraid because you know these things need to be reported. I'll tell you where it is going to happen. It's going to happen in Merrimax because the FBI isn't inv- is involved in the investigation. Um, I believe that, and again, I'm just going off a report. I was I half heard um, while I was doing something else. Um, and again, this obviously wouldn't be legal or, or, or a legally binding contract, but there was there was some crazy wording in, in, in his contracts around some of this behavior um, that that has come about. There are uh, issues with anybody that may have helped make any sort of arrangements with any of the victims involved in this. There's also potentially any issues, like you said, with anybody that may have helped mask this or disguise this after the fact. Anybody who was involved in any of those payments after the fact or anything like that. Uh, one one report that I heard that came um, from, I, I can't remember his name, but it was a defense, defense attorney, excuse me, that was speaking on Fox News. He was talking about some of this stuff might fall into RICO. Uh, and if that's the case, it's it could be... That's huge. Yeah, it, 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 uh, you, you could see a lot of heads, uh, a lot of heads roll on this. Hmm. Um, and you are right. It's going to cause a lot of places, a lot of corporations, probably inside Hollywood as well as outside Hollywood, clean up their culture, if nothing less. Just, uh, just on Friday, Robert De Niro, uh, Juliana Moore... And I forget the third person who had a show in development with Amazon and the Weinstein Company, you know, all came together and said, yeah, we're out. You know, we're, we're out on this project completely because, you know, of this whole thing. But the interesting thing about, you know, the RICO Act, and there was a tape, and I don't know if anybody else heard this, but Rachel Maddow had played the tape. There was a woman who this happened to. She went right to the police. Like, it wasn't a week later, a month later. You know, it's like, oh, well, why did she wait? Went right to the police. And they set up a sting operation. So he's on tape talking to her. So they, they set up another meeting. Oh, what did they say? And he flat out is, is apologizing for it, saying, well, hey, this is just kind of how... I do things sometimes, yada, 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 but I'm really sorry. I won't do it again. Just come back to my office, you know, for five minutes. Let's talk this out because we were in, like, a restaurant. And he's like, she's like, no, I don't feel comfortable. I don't trust. Anyway, they have it all on tape. The district attorney, lo and behold, never moved forward with it. It's the same district attorney who – and, and again, everything will always circle back to this. I'm not going to apologize for it, but it is the same district attorney who had the emails between Donald Jr., his sister, and like five other people. They were selling apartments. This happened at the same time in Soho that they're like – Donald Jr. in the email says, yeah, this is completely illegal. The only people who know are on this email. Let's keep it like here. Yeah. That got out, and a donation was made from the Trump – family fund to this guy for his re-election and the same thing the Weinstein company made a donation to this guy so it's both sides are you know using this one DA and and this goes away and I don't know if the Rico then goes to that guy because every rape you know and this goes back to everything everything like this as soon as you knew about Sandusky and and that incident in the shower every kid who was raped after that is on the people who didn't report it. You know, I mean, it's on him, of course. It's on Weinstein, of course. You know, they they don't get a pass because somebody else should have stopped him. But anybody who knew this stuff, you know, so everybody, I'm glad to hear that there's a RICO thing because the only way people are going to step forward is that they have to. And again, I'm not saying that there is a RICO thing. I know the FBI, the report was that the FBI was involved in the investigation and what the, um, the attorney that was speaking was alluding to is one of the things he could imagine that it could be was that um, there potentially was RICO charges in the mix or at least being investigated. So I, I don't think that's an official thing that it's in there, but he said it certainly certainly could be something that they're, that they're looking at. And did Rose, how much did Rose McGowan in? Rose McGowan apparently settled years ago with, the, with Harvey Weinstein or the company for $100,000 uh, with her um, sexual assault charges. But, uh, you know, she, so she was banned on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago, because in her fervor to out Harvey Weinstein and to call out producers who are complicit with his uh, activities, she tweeted out a private phone number of a, of a producer. And Twitter 
based on that, said, okay, well, we have to suspend your account because it's against our policy to allow people to tweet out you know, people's phone numbers because it's considered harassment. You know, Twitter's harassment policies aside, you know, okay, so she went a, a one, you know, little step beyond, not a big deal. She got back on Twitter. Um, and because of Twitter's response to her being suspended, she uh, called for everybody to, or all women, to boycott Twitter on Friday, which, great that there's sort of like a movement there, but at the same time, it's almost like, well, you're trying to make your voice heard. Why? Well, because, you know, I know they're making a statement. Well, at the same time, you hurt Twitter. The less people using Twitter, like their revenue goes down. You get paid for views on the on the absolutely on the click. Right. And it's the same thing. The only the only reason, and you know, we may or may not touch on this. Let's not touch on it other than the fact that the whole reason now Jerry Jones with the NFL is coming up is the ratings have started to go down. There has been a backlash because of this, and it hits him in the pocketbook. And so Rose McGowan's thing is like. Even if there's a million, two million, five million people less on Twitter just for a day, does that translate into five, ten, fifteen million dollars of, of ad sales for them? And then does that force Twitter? You know, I don't know what her end goal it, was. But it's but, almost like does this movement actually gain traction for Twitter? Like, did it work against them? So I don't know the analytics, and I'll, I'll never look into it because I'm not that interested in the analytics of Twitter. But it's just it's 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 odd. How do you do something like that and make it be effective? But one thing she is doing now that since she was reinstated on Twitter is that. It's now she's calling out Jeff Bezos of Amazon because apparently when she was uh, writing a script for Amazon, they were she was shopping the script to the movie, one of the movie studios or, you know, the, the Amazon, somebody at Amazon Studios. And she told him, this one producer, about his her allegations of uh, Harvey Weinstein. And he said, well, that's just, you know, there's, there's no proof. You know, you can't really say that it hasn't been proven. She's like, well... Well, I'm the proof. I'm telling you I'm telling what. You. It, yeah, and so there was some complicity there where they they squashed it and they didn't move forward with it. So now, now you know, Amazon is on the chopping block as far as Rosa McGowan's concerned, and she's like she's building up a case against all of these in the, this sort of culture, at least in Hollywood. Of, Good, um, you know, people. And again, like I said, that's what it's going to do. If nothing else, it's going to rattle the culture. Yeah, I'm just coming over the phone wires as we're talking about it. At CNN News. Motion Picture Academy votes to expel Harvey Weinstein after multiple allegations of sexual assault and sexual harassment. And I think he's the first one to be expelled. Okay. You know, off that. Like the, the British thing had done it the other day, and so now they were talking about They're good. It, it's, he's the Pete Rose of the uh, <laughs> Academy. Uh, okay, so let's, uh, let's get on to some happier stuff real quick. We're not going to go too deep into all this stuff, but uh, 55 failed attempts by the House and Senate to repeal Obamacare. The bloatus, you know, Jim's friend, who has said that a thousand times over that Obama was lazy and couldn't work with other people, which is why he abused his executive power and abused the pen in the White House, yet again you know, decided to uh, unilaterally gut Obamacare. Um, so uh, justify every move he's ever done, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> on this just, just topic? Just, or yeah, just, no, no, we'll right, we'll okay, start with I'll give you a quick rundown, and I'll try to do it before... Um before Joe blows the... Uh, the Trump the, whistle? The, the, before Joe blows the Trump whistle. They got the two-minute warning. Go. So, long story short, what we have here is we have... A, familiar, uh, a failure to communicate. <laughs> yeah, we have a failure to communicate. Uh, and 100%, I'm going to tell you this straight up. I'm going to tell you where I stand on this. This is 100% on the Republicans. It is not on Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump has been more than patient with this. When Donald Trump was running, this was he was going to repeal and he was going to replace. That was out there. Nobody didn't know it. Nobody who didn't vote for him didn't know it. Nobody who did vote for him knew it. Basically, long story short, is we got about $135 billion since 2013, about $7 billion a year, somewhere in, in around that, that was um, allotted. It was put out by the Obama administration. And I, I don't mean that. I don't, I, I'm not meaning that negatively. It was. It's just a fact that during the administration, when the Affordable Care Act was coming into place, they realized that they were going to need appropriations to fund it. What happened was when they went to Congress for the appropriations, it didn't get funded. They, they held out. They weren't going to fund it. So what they did was they funded it uh, in a power move. They just started funding the bill. Uh, that ended up in court. Uh, in a federal court at the district level in a federal court uh, where it was upheld, it was overturned. It was said, hey, you can't do it. Um, the Constitution is pretty clear. It says that the only one who has control over the purse of the government is Congress. However, along with overturning it, 
the judge, Judge Rosemary Collier, in overturning the decision saying that you are unconstitutionally funding the American uh, Affordable Care Act, uh, I'm going to stay my own decision while the Obama administration appeals it. During the appeal, which is still out there, it kept getting paid. The idea was they had to keep the money coming in because it was the only thing that was going to keep the insurance providers active in the ex- in the exchanges. Uh, and beyond that, I don't have much to add for it other than this isn't on Trump. Honestly, um, Senator uh, Ryan Ryan had a big, big, big political media display trying to get this done. He failed. Yep. Um, it also got failed with um, um, the Cassidy bill there. Who am I thinking of? Right, right. Graham, uh, Graham Cassidy. It, 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 twice. The Republic, but, they put it. They put the ball in the Republican hands twice. Before and it didn't get done. Well, so it, what, did, it didn't get let, done because it was so horrible. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there wasn't there wasn't concerns with it. I'm saying the Republicans. Whatever they needed to work out, they didn't get it done. Without getting into all the details, they didn't get it done. What he did was he took about $130 billion worth of funding off the table, which that's a lot of money, okay? And that's going to that's gonna force them to get this done. It's going to force them to get this done. There's been Democrats that have said there's things that need to so be done. So this is sort of a power play? This is like, it's, it's he's a, forcing it, their yeah, hand. He's it's, forcing it's, Congress's hand. It's forcing hand. their hand. And I that's what I was going to ask is that the executive orders, can they, they, they can also – kind of be taken with a grain of salt because they're not sometimes they're not enforceable they can be overturned right. you know so it's sort of like a lot of it is just for show and, uh, uh, and it, right and for the base but in this case by holding up the funding but the, you know the biggest thing is you said but how do you I mean these things aren't necessarily enforced the, the hundred no. the hundred and thirty billion dollars is is cost sharing reductions okay and and the way the law the way the law is written is the 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 people who cannot provide for themselves insurance aren't going to be affected by this that $130,000 is going to come from the people who can't pay the premium. So it's not going to actually affect the people at the bottom. At the, bottom. At the bottom. The people that the Affordable Care Act is most targeted towards, it's not going to affect them. Because through 2018, the contracts with the states and everything else are signed with the insurance providers. They, Through the law, they have to provide that. Okay. Shock um, of all trades. Go. <laughs> no, I'll, being, I, I'll be John McLaughlin. John McLaughlin. Cue ball, right? <laughs> Skinhead O'Connor. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm looking at you, cue ball, and I'm thinking. Anyway, <laughs> so, so, so they uh, no, it, it, but it is. It's one of those things where the, the biggest the biggest problem with Mitch McConnell not getting it done, or Paul Ryan not getting it done, they were going to repeal, 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 and replace, and they never had a real replace. It was never these are the problems. These are we're going to fix it. It was always just repeal. And when the CBO comes back, 33 million people are going to. Be thrown off this. Twenty six million people are going to be thrown off it. And again, like the Rico thing, if you know you're signing a bill that is going to have thirty three million people not be able to get insurance, and the other thing is like the whole the whole thing with sabotaging the Obamacare since he's got an office. Like they keep taking down the website on the weekends for maintenance. Like the only time people aren't working and can maybe sign up. You know that that's getting into the minutia of it. But the big thing is he always said that oh. You know, Obama couldn't get anything done. That's why he had to, you know, get these executive. And that's the only thing he's got done. And again, how much is it is what you're really saying, which is great data. Thank you, Jim. But how much of it is, okay, I have a checklist of things that the black guy did that I got to get rid of. Let's take a one by one. Almost everything he's done is take things away. What has he given the, what has he given the, Joe, what has he given you the middle class, hardworking American dad? Ajita. Ah, there you go. Wait, now, this is all great, guys. This all this whole political talk is great, but can we do it in freestyle rap form, please? <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to listen. I can't do it. Now, uh, so I'm segueing kind of out of this a little bit because we're yeah. You know, I don't want to spend three hours on all these topics. Yeah, we so, need a Trump whistle. So that's the Trump whistle. My Trump whistle is, it's kind of a Trump whistle. It it has to do with Trump. Eminem last week taped a freestyle rap for like four minutes about it was an anti-Trump rap that they aired on the Hip Hop Awards on BET, which I know, Jim, you were DVRing. I don't know if you got around to watching it. But, <laughs> so... I don't uh, even know when it was on. Right, BET's a channel. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, but I saw it online, and it was pretty decent. There was a lot of... There was a, you could tell he was freestyling because there were a lot of false starts, and he was kind of, like, picking himself up. But then when he got going, he really got... He rhymed orange. Like, this is how good of an Eminem uh, rapper Eminem is. He rhymed orange because his skin was orange. And I, I, I can't do him justice. But the reason I'm bringing him up is I'm kind of pissed. 
the reason being is that for this show, for this episode, I actually was going to do a little anti-Trump rap of my own. He kind of stole my thunder, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm playing it anyway. This is my anti-Trump rap. Trump is bad, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Trump is bad. He says make America great again, but not for you. And I've come here to remind you all of the shit he's put us through. He started off with a Muslim travel ban, trying to throw Obamacare in the can. Cried voter fraud even though he won, plays warhead games with Kim Jong-un. He wants trans soldiers to take a hike, though he never met a Nazi he didn't like. He golfs every weekend on the country's dime, but Puerto Rican relief isn't worth his time. And though he's out of shape and his hands are small, he still wants to build that fucking wall. So if you think my rap is just fake news, you probably think the media is run by the Jews. Break. Out fucking standing. Very creative. Out Very creative. <laughs> <laughs> that was me dropping the mic and breaking it. That was me knocking the knife. <laughs> Is this thing on? Wow. Wow, and and what was more, it was was almost impressive is some of those raps was Jim's interpretive dance of the rap. I mean that that you know if we were on the visual medium to go, Joe, that was absolutely great, fan effing tastic. That's actually my real voice. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing now is shtick. Oh, that is great. Good, 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 good. More, more of that. More, more of that. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. That's, that's no, a, that's a lot. That's a lot. I think what? that's more than any of us have contributed so far today. <laughs> what, but was I wrong? Was uh, I wrong? No, no, nothing. Like, you know, and again, like, the, the whole, like you were saying with, you hope that there's, and there probably is Weinstein coming out during the pussy grabbing thing and probably said anti-Trump stuff. You know, what I love is when you put the things side by side, and I don't know if you saw all like because you mentioned Puerto Rico, which is still it's it's nothing's getting done. I mean, it, the, the, it, the problems are getting worse. I mean, more people are dying because of the bacteria and stuff. That's something getting done. <laughs> they they send down that ship that uh what is that what is that ship called the Comfort the USS Comfort. Have you seen pictures of this thing? I, I have not. I know the FBI is starting an investigation, but they're, they're down there, really right? yeah. they're 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 investigating FEMA. They're investigating. I believe there's been politicians down there stealing the supplies that have been sent. Oh, oh my God! But but they have. I, I believe that's they, what they, they have. This floating yeah. this floating fortress called the USS Comfort. It's the size of like you know like the Empire State. But like honestly, it has 800 doctors, 500 beds. Uh, it has a team of engineers. They could be treating the water. They have all these resources. It's, it's there. It's docked. Yep. As of yesterday, they were treating nine people. Okay. Nine, nine critically people, people who like, you know, on death's door type thing. But there's a lack of this. But the point is, FEMA last week said we're not going to take Cruz's calls, the mayor of San Juan. And at the same time, Trump tweets out like we can't stay there forever. And people keep posting side by side with Houston. He's like, Houston, we're going to be there today, tomorrow, all through the rebuilding. We're with you. And on the other hand, he's saying flat out to Puerto Rico, uh, Hey, brown people who aren't real citizens, you're citizens, but are you real citizens? But at least he did talk to the president of the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands the other day. So I think there's movement on that. For, have you followed this? I didn't no, hear that. I did I not. Didn't hear that. I didn't did. see that, but I did hear that he had referred to him it's as like, president or something like that. <laughs> you know, uh, but, but the pro you know, one of the problems is too many grown-ups, like too many adults around him have been leaving the White House. And everybody for the last week was saying that um, – that Mantis, uh, you know, his chief of staff might be leaving. Praying Mantis? And he, um, if I'm saying, he was director of Homeland Security. But since he came over for Rice Previous, there has been no director of Homeland Security. But he, uh, or is it Joe, is it Jim Kelly? Uh, Kelly, is it John Kelly who's uh who, right. who, who Jim right. Kelly is the, John Kelly. He was right. the quarterback of the boat. Four, <laughs> four losing Super Bowls. Why right? But he, uh, but at least now, as of Friday, there is a director of Homeland Security for the first time in four months that oversees FEMA. So maybe maybe things start moving in the right direction. But that is a concern of everybody is how many, you know, quality, you know, as they keep being referred to as the grown-ups in the office who's kind of keeping things actually running, like Rex Tittleson, who's probably on his way out. 
I can't believe we're saying that Rex Tillerson is the brain right, right. of this operation. That he that we don't want him to leave because we're fearful of who might replace him as Secretary of State. Good golly, Miss Molly! But but seriously, what would you have? What what is your thinking on this? I mean, I I, I don't. Again, I haven't I haven't paid much attention to anything with. I haven't. I I heard one that there was a little some concern raised by Tillerson. I haven't heard anything about him leaving or being interested in leaving. I don't know if you're reading something or seeing something. I'm not. Um, so I haven't heard that. Um, I haven't heard anything as far as anybody else leaving. I can't think of her name. I did hear her um, acceptance speech for the for the being being nominated for the position, right. and hopefully she gets uh, she gets in there. But um, well, here's the one. Beyond that, I haven't heard of anybody specifically that 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 was that was leaving. I mean, you always hear that there's angst and that people are arguing and there's in the fighting. I mean, that seems to be an ongoing. Um, Broken record as far as what we're what we're talking mm. about, but so but that's what, it's funny that you point that out. You know, from day one since before he was actually the inauguration, and he saw, talked about Rex taking over Secretary of State. I was like, well, this guy had the Medal of Citizenship put on his lapel bot by Russia. Putin. Is this the guy we want in charge? And now ten months later, it's like, please don't leave, please don't please because don't because go, you know. So many of the other people put in positions, you know, don't really make sense. But uh, uh, but but anyways, I think Joe officially blew the Trump whistle. So let's get on to uh, the next fun topic. Joe laments quite a bit about that he doesn't have a life, that he spends too much time at the house playing his uh, video games and watching his old game shows. But a couple weeks ago, it was Ren Fair, and now tomorrow he has another big field <laughs> you mean trip. yesterday. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yesterday he had another big field trip. Why don't you tell us today about the field trip that you took? <laughs> I'm going, what the fuck, we were taping this on Saturday. So Sunday, going to Retro World Expo, which is currently happening today as well in Hartford, Connecticut at the Hartford Convention Center, I think it's called, or the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford, uh, home of the Whalers. The defunct whalers. Yeah, the defunct whalers. Oh, God, maybe they're a defunct sponsor. Oh, they should be. Um, but uh, yeah, so they they're, they do this every year. They've been doing it the past three years. They're um, you know it's it's a bunch of forty year old guys that you know commiserate over trading and buying and selling old uh, video games, and they play old arcade games. And there's like YouTube personalities there. Yes, there is. Do a they YouTube. have like a whole you uh, a whole like stand up arcade? Like it's yeah. just like oh yeah, like they have, they they truck in like thirty or forty arcade machines for, and put it all on free play. I mean, so you basically you pay your admission, and then if you can stake out a spot at the Galaga machine, <laughs> and you can muscle out all the people behind you you can um you can spend quite some time on that but yeah i take the kids and they seem to enjoy it and i seem to enjoy it and uh you know we're gonna go again this year and i'll pick up uh, a copy of Mega Man six or something i don't know when you when you say retro how far back does retro go so all they the want to have like like they'll have atari games there okay better question is how new like when does retro stop is, well, uh, is ps3 games now retro yeah because yeah, it's the previous it's we games you know, well i mean they all you games they retro. also make like they also have like retro themed you know it, it, it's a red they call it retro world expo it's just a video game convention but they also they mainly focus on old video games and there will be cosplay there too i know that question was looming will there be it, cosplay it, it is and there yes so there will be cosplay there'll be uh actually like a professional cosplayer there she's like some youtube personality i don't know she's not like a huge n nobody's a huge star that's being at this uh, being appearing at this expo uh, pat Country, Pat country. Excuse me. Right, the game chasers. Thank Hello. You. Hello. Jesus Christ. John. Yeah. Uh, the one book I've cracked the binder <laughs> on in the last two years. How dare you dismirch the name? No, I will not dismirch or besmirch the name uh, <laughs> of Pat Contra. But no, it'll be a good time. And I don't know if anybody's got any. You got a request? Are you dying for an old video game? Maybe I should pull up one of those old Resident Evils. I'll come back with an old Resident Evil. That'd be great. Yeah, or if I can find Chris, if you're listening, if I can find one of those light guns for my PlayStation, I'll find a, uh, a Resident Evil. And a light gun, and, and then we'll do a whole walkthrough. You can do the whole yeah, Evil. exactly. We'll, we'll do a whole uh, let's play. This is your second year in a row going, or are you three third. for three? Three for three. This will be my three 
year. And this, and they've only been doing it three years. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, up here in the Northeast, like I guess, like in the South and in California and the Northwest, like Seattle area, like they have like a like it's a big community. A lot of a lot of honkies over there <laughs> that like uh, trading old video games. But uh, up here, it's not it's not as hot. Like so trading. But, it, but this Expo apparently does well enough. But you won't be buying bringing anything to trade. You will just no. be purchasing. No, okay. I, I did bring stuff to trade previous years, but I'm all traded out now. Now I, I mean, honestly, I should be trading everything for like money, <laughs> <laughs> and then stopping. No, no. Uh, break down what the I will girl, oh. <laughs> girl the guy, the girl the guy ratio at, at one of these. A girl to guy. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I don't know. It's. I don't know, like one. I mean, like a comic con. Like it's one in four, maybe. A, a comic con, it's it's not fifty fifty. Like twenty five percent. But but a comic con, it's it's more. It's closer to fifty fifty now we're, we're, as as time goes yeah, on. Yeah, comic con's a whole different animal. This is more of like a middle aged guy kind of thing, or like a twenty year old something raised by a middle aged guy that's now lost and doesn't isn't in touch with his own generation. Video games, <laughs> exactly. Have you ever like in the last two years seen something that like? Fuck, I never thought I'd see one of these in person. Like, either yeah. an obscure game like a system. Console. Yeah, like an old console. Like, they have, like, they made, apparently, like, Nintendo or Samsung or Sony made, like, a T- Panasonic. They made a, <laughs> a TV with a Nintendo built in. Like, I didn't know that that existed. And I saw one there, and I'm like, wow, why isn't this in my living room? Is there a lot of, like, uh, Japanese-only stuff that gets imported over for these or things uh, that, like, only were released there originally? Yeah, they have, like, imports. And they have, like, a lot of, like, these booths are... Like people who also develop like artwork, they're like homemade games. Like people still program games for the Nintendo and sell it. So there's like a little, it's a it's a niche market. I don't know, it's fun. Uh, there's a lot of uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like Nintendo stuff there, a lot of uh, Sega stuff. I actually thought about this the other day, and and Joe is going to laugh when I say this. Joe is living the dream, and I and I and I honestly mean that. If I asked 14-year-old Joe what what a perfect life would be, and, and I said, you're going to have a whole room where you're surrounded by every game you've ever wanted to play, and that you could eat pizza every day if you wanted to, would you think that that is a perfect life? If I told 14-year-old Joe, you were going to have, what is there, half a dozen TVs Jim can here? This question. With a life-sized Homer Simpson. Life-sized Homer Simpson. <laughs> Thanks to my friend Jim. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> That's but, a donation. This couch is Jim's, but, by the but way. When you, when you look around, when you look around <laughs> the studio, I don't want the lair, mm-hmm. and you see all your... Go- like, honestly, going to, going to this retro thing... Are you making fun of me? N- I, am, I am absolutely <laughs> 100% not... If I asked, no, I wouldn't have thought. No, I would have been like, "Wow, that really? That's sad." Like I had the wherewithal to know that this is not the existence that should be lived by a forty-year-old man. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty cool, but it's like at the same time, like, what the fuck, dude? It's just like look at around. Like honestly, like every one of these games costs, like on average, five dollars, maybe four dollars. Multiply all that times money. No, because I don't do math. Right. (laughs) You know. What am I Asian? And cut. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I thought that the other day. I thought you know, but ser- and then and I was thinking that I was like thinking if you wanted to eat pizza whenever you wanted to and all that kind of stuff. And then I walk into the house today. What had you just ordered? Uh, what did I? Oh, oh, Bertucci. Yeah, no, but I wasn't pizza, pizza in the fridge. Oh yeah, there's a pizza from yesterday. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, so I don't know much about nutrition. But no, but that's I. I, I mean, honestly, if. If I, you know, there's so many people that I know, honestly, if like, you know, Chris, who we had on the podcast last week. He's living his own dream. He is living his own dream. Right. You're living your dream. I I sadly am. Every day is Halloween for you guys, which will be another podcast. Which is another podcast, maybe next week's podcast. Honestly, because, you know, what I got? Yeah, I got a superhero t-shirt. By the way, so I'm just going to like fuck things up right now while we're talking about video games get it out of the way let's do the vin- video game review now let's so get it done now yeah yeah just get it done all now. right well, then, let's have it and then um jim would you do the honors gym? yeah you do you take your headphones off first make sure you don't pull the table with you knock it off this price is right game right. hey that price is right game cost me ten dollars in he, real life he, he might not be the brightest but he's really good looking ladies real he, ladies he, who are we talking biff he is really good he, he, he likes it okay well, who, uh, don't show me uh, he pulled it off the top shelf. It's uh, Castlevania Three. <laughs> I've never heard of this game. Oh no, no, it's not. Oh shit, I fucked up. It's not Castlevania Three. What is it? 
It's uh. Oh, I took. Uh, oh, I took Castle. You know why? <laughs> Uh, Castlevania 3 is in my Nintendo right now. Oh, cause, so uh, there's a gap the, the, already there. You know, so. Jumping ahead, the, this week's sideshow will be a Castlevania sideshow. Looking forward to it. All right, so uh, what is this game, actually? I, I fucked up. It is Arch Rivals. Oh, wow. All right, I got it. Arch Rivals. Yeah, this is... It's kind of like NBA... This is like NBA Jam before NBA Jam. Like, gotcha. it's like an arcade kind of jokey version of basketball. I think it's like a four-on-four kind of thing or a three-on-three kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it's made by Acclaim. It's a, it's based on an arcade game, and yeah, it's like basically it's one of those games like MG, NBA Jam where you know you can elbow people, you can punch them, you can do whatever, and you know you can do these outrageous slam dunks. It's on the NES, so the graphics aren't um, as nearly as great as they would be on like a Sega Genesis, like NBA Jam was. But uh, yeah, so this is like the precursor to NBA Jam. Uh, which is a much, much better game, in my opinion. Um, and now Jacques is going to... Oh, wait, oh, Jacques going over to my bookshelf. That's a load-bearing book, by the way. <laughs> Be careful. Uh, he's grabbing the Ultimate Nintendo. By got, who? By Pat Contry. I was who, will be? <laughs> who will be? Who will be. He is appearing right now at the Retro World Expo in Hartford, Connecticut. Get your tickets now. For yesterday. Yeah, exactly, for yesterday. Um, so now he's going to look up how much, no, no, he's looking up the, fuck, what am I, he's looking up the rating and what, uh, Pat wrote about it. I don't know. Um, you know what, this isn't going to get, get Pat to retweet our Carnival Personnel podcast. It doesn't hurt to try, my friend. <laughs> You'd be surprised, my friend. Right. You'd, You'd be, be surprised. surprised. Arch Rivals, he gave it two and a half stars. This, um... Review was not written by Pat. I don't know who wrote this one. Oh, no. Ian, this was written by his friend Ian, who does a podcast with called The Completely Unnecessary Podcast. Anyways, uh, I know all this is like Greek to everybody. This is a fair home console port of the No Fouls arcade basketball game of the same name. Gameplay takes place from a horizontal scrolling perspective with two-on-two -two action. And that's enough of that. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a eh. It's like, wait for NBA Jam. Play NBA Jam. Don't play our Rivals. Um, nor would you because it's 2017. <laughs> but if you were going to the, uh, <laughs> if you had you gone to Connecticut yesterday to Harvard, which I for, did, what do you think uh, that would be going for? <laughs> um, I'm going to say four dollars, but, but four twenty, Bob. Oh, uh, see, no, I don't know. I didn't let you guess because you might have been closest without going over, and then you would have won this. It, item is no longer available. Oh, sorry. There it is. These are the sold ones. There it is. $6.64. Okay. See? See? You under, when you pointed the games and said $5 each, you vastly well, a underestimate lot of the, the, the wild. Uh, but okay. Between the cost of going to that, between these games, we got to come up with some uh, some ad dollars in quickly. I got to go. I got to go to the store, guys. <laughs> the money store. I'm Phil Rizzuto for The Money Store, where we can help make your dreams come true. Can you imagine what you could do with $5,000, $10,000, $50,000? You could pay off all your debts, invest in business, or use the money for anything you desire. Imagine anything you desire. Want more information? Call The Money Store toll-free. In New Jersey, dial 800-672-1001. In Connecticut, dial 1-800-842-1105. Moving on to something uh, a little less dark, or maybe more dark, depending on which avenue you go. Netflix, are they now the de facto comedy outlet, like like television cable outlet for comedy? Yes. I mean, it used to be HBO for 20 years. Yeah, I think now, because Netflix is so, A, it's fucking awesome. B, you don't need to buy it as part of some weird fucked up cable package. You know, you're not paying. Like, I, I have HBO... With my cable package, I don't have Nessun, and I have I don't have ESPN, but I have HBO. So, but all that is rolled into like a like an exorbitant amount of money. Netflix nine ninety nine a month, or it just went up to like ten or eleven bucks a month. Fuck it, I'll pay. Yeah, and you completely get, unlimited. Like yeah. truly. It's so Netflix is the most accessible medium, to, and it's available on everything. Like you can watch it on your phone, you can watch it on your TV, you can watch it on your computer. You know, you don't have to be married to that goddamn cable box that just eats up energy. Watch the John Oliver report on how he blew up a cable. And then uh, going off the <laughs> okay, so so but Comedy Central used to do them. Do, does Comedy Central even do like they have like the live the, at Gotham shows and stuff? No, like they have. That? They do have like midnight uh, Comedy Central presents. 
you know, like on Friday evenings. They do so. Comedy Central does that. I know Showtime does specials as well as HBO. Um, but you got HBO. I mean, what's the last time? I mean, off the top of your head, do you remember the last couple stand-up specials you've seen on HBO or Cinemax? Uh, honestly, I'm not as on top of stand-up comedy as I sh- probably should be for somebody who likes comedy. Um, do you watch a lot of stand-up? Jim? I don't watch a lot of stand-up. I love. I do love stand-up. I used to really love stand-up, um, but just you know, with my old self now and my old life with my kids, I I just don't have time to uh, to watch a lot. But um, well, I work out of the home. I work out of a home office, and um, a lot of times, I would have iHeartRadio streaming, uh, the twenty four seven comedy channel, and which is great. It's always, you know, just short bits, and sometimes it's really hit or miss. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes, but I'm thinking it's been a good six or eight months, and it seems like ninety percent of what I've heard on it is the same. So I've started a while ago to just kind of leave Netflix on in the background, and it sometimes isn't the most wise decision because you get caught up. It's like, oh, this is a good bit. So instead of just streaming it through the phone or or the computer, it says no video, visual. You know, you I'll just you know catch watching it. But I I do I see a lot of stand up specials. I probably watch one or two stand up specials a week, and it's. You know, and and then you know the other day when Ralphie May died, you know it was yeah. great to be able to just go back and watch like his last four specials. And I don't know if they were all originally Netflix specials, but Netflix seems to have unlimited amount of specials. Pat Oswalt's got a special coming up, and I think next week or yeah, uh, oh, this this week, week. Yeah, this, this week. week, yeah, right. And, and then, look, there's other great outlets. I know Sarah Silverman has a new show coming on Hulu, but it seems. One point or another, most of these specials, whether it's HBO or or these old ones on Comedy Central, end up you know being filtered out there. But as far as original ones, the Seinfeld one, the, you know, the documentary that we both talked about like last week and stuff like well, that. Well, these are big flagship comedians that cut deals. So you know, Seinfeld cut a yeah. deal. Uh, Chris Rock cut a a, a, a high. Not money deal with Netflix for yeah. specials. What, was it wasn't well, they, uh, they Dave Chappelle's about, crazy? Uh, they just released not too long ago. Um, they, they got about six six billion dollars lined up to spend on um, original content uh, versus Apple, who is trying to get into the market or expand into the market with their Apple TV. They have allotted about one billion um, in to purchase new original content. Um, so right now, the king of the hill is Netflix. They're at, they're at, I believe it was six. It was, I think, six billion dollars they have on hand, ready to go to purchase new content uh, for anybody who's looking to uh, invest in these media venues. And uh, Apple is trying to get in the game. It's, uh, you know, I, I play around with it all the time. Not that I got a ton of money to invest, but Apple's been pretty successful in everything else that they've had their hand in. And you know, now that they're expanding. Might be worth throwing a little cash that way. I'm just wondering to see what just to see what it can see what it can do. I'm also sorry to cut you off. I'm wondering if Amazon will also get into the act because they're they're looking to put in. Yeah, I think actually that they I think they came up to I, I want to say they're around like a billion two or some, no, something. No, they're like they're that. sinking real money, but yeah. everybody is. I you know I've been dealing with you know our future guest Rich. Um, he has a show on Cinemax right now, but he has uh, a package of people together, like some really big animators, like the team that created Adult Swim, uh, Mike Judge, and a few other people have put together a package of programming for Verizon because more and more people, like you just said with Netflix, you don't have to have a cable box. You can watch Netflix wherever you are on your phone. And you sound like an advertisement, but that's exactly what it was. I was at the gym yesterday. You know, jumping ahead to the sideshow. One of the episodes I watched of Castlevania was, you know, while on the elliptical. I, did, you know, I streamed it and watched it. But Th- that's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, that's a cartoon, and it's based on it's on based on uh, Castlevania. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, and uh, a Netflix bit. original. Yeah, a four episode Netflix okay. original. But Verizon knows that you're watching on your phone too, and they're also trying to get into the digital deal. But I think Netflix, like you said, if they have six billion, that doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, so uh, wrapping it up real quick, Jacques, what are your, like, recommendations? Do you have any recommendations for, like, Netflix specials? I do. Like, the Sarah Silver, the last Sarah Silverman one, um, we've talked about that before, completely cringeworthy. 
right. and awful. What's it, what's like, it called? Like, uh, uh, a speck of dust, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, by awful, I mean she takes you by the hand and leads you down the road and looks into your eyes and says she loves you right as she walks you into a telephone pole. Like, you don't see the Oh, it's punch- not a garbage truck? You don't, <laughs> you don't see the punchline coming half the time. And it, it will be awful. You. And you'll be like, oh, my God, that's awful. Then she gets out a shovel and just makes it. It's like, it is hilariously cringeworthy. Uh, uh, Maria Bamford, she the, her last two, and one of them, she's not standing on a stage. She's doing stand-up in a variety of different rooms, like she's in a library, and then a coffee shop, and then a bus. Stand. So it's her stand-up routine, but kind of in, in um, awkward, weird situations. When I was toying with doing stand-up years ago, I always want, dreamed of filming a special, of doing a stand-up special on a subway platform. Just like for like an hour straight, you know, just like the, having that as my, you know, no, no, don't sell any tickets or make money or anything like that. Okay. Just, if there's just one thing, for, uh, most of your amazing ideas come with, and first you get the underwear. Right. And then this question mark. Question mark. And then the equals dollar sign. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> competing with the train, some guy playing a Exactly, right. Playing a guitar. Right. Do you know how to pronounce Can you that? fuck my hand, sir? Uh, I'm trying to do my act. Pronounce that name. Oh my God! Is he is Silverman? No. Oh. The first one. Uh, Brady. No, he's pointing at names here. Oh God! What a. I don't know how to pronounce a guy's last name, and I don't Hassa? want to push it. Okay. I'm a racist, no. and I don't know how to pronounce a guy's name. No. But it's, uh, Hassan Minaj. His, yeah. Oh, Minaj. Yeah, yeah. His stand-up was effing awesome. Yeah, I know Hassan. Effing awesome. Like I could not like. It's probably the best stand-up I saw in a while because I was I didn't know anything about him or his background, and he had a couple just moments where I'm like, he, talk about living the dream. Like he got fucked over at one point in life that got to you know basically even the score with the person who had wronged him in the past, but in a very organic, natural way, the chance mm. to say, hey, fuck you came up, and he did, and it wasn't like, you kind of waiting for, as he's telling the story to, uh, you know, kind of a spoiler alert, but as you're kind of waiting for him to, well, so I decided to be the bigger person. Well, the right thing to do was this. No, the right thing was to do to say, fuck you. Uh, but but, but it was- sounds funnier on the Netflix. <laughs> it does a lot. Uh, what doesn't sound funnier on that? You know, dramedies about, you know, cancer kids sounds funnier than me. You know what's not funny? The Patriots defense. Do we want to tackle this? Uh, ah! Do you want to take this, Jim? Have you have you seen any? So Brady in 2002, his first full season, was sacked 41 times. He's on pace to be sacked 53 times. I'm talking about the defense here, not the offensive line. Uh, well, the, the defense is bad, but... but Truly, the defense is bad, and his like we talked historically bad. I mean, yeah, this past week they held a real last week they held a bad Jets team. But honestly, uh, Brady was on the injury report all week. Uh, he didn't practice two days this week. It was his unthrowing. Uh, it was his left shoulder, and possibly his throwing hand. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really concerns me. Even if he wasn't forty, uh, the the beating he's taking is pretty uh, epic. I think the um the the Bucks game was was very telling for me on where I think this team is at right now. So I am unfortunately I am not willing to say the Jets are a give me by any stretch of the imagination. Should they win the game? Yeah, they should. It I don't I don't see I don't see it as a give me. I'm afraid to say that it's a, I'm afraid to say that it's a give me. The um there's too there's too many chances for 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 big plays the other way right now. There's too many chances for penalties on on, on fourth down. The stupid pen, like we um it, awful. It, it's not it's not good. Um it's 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 not a definite. We can't think it's a definite. Would I love to see them come out and be the Patriots and beat a bad Jets team the way they should beat a bad Jets team? I would love to see that. I think it would be foolish right now to say that that's a guarantee that what what we're what we're going to see. Given what I saw in that last Patriots, a good field goal kicker or a good day or a regular day for their kicker last week, 
and we don't win Different that game. Different story. The, the funny thing is, listening to Jet fans in the media, the Jets are were competing with Buffalo in the offseason to see how many players they could unload from their salary cap and how many people they could you know clear contracts for, and suck. They they were fighting for the bottom to get the good draft pick coming out this year. You know, it was it was another suck for luck thing with the Colts did a few years ago, mm-hmm. and now Jet fans are like. We're we're three and two. We're supposed to be zero exactly. and five. Yeah. Like we can't exactly. even fuck up exactly. right. We're that we're that bad because they know. And look, we all know. And I mean by we all, everybody in football, the Patriots are going to figure something out. Are they not going to be? I I I can pretty much say the undefeated season's out the window. I'm ready to go out on a limb and say the. He did say that he wasn't good at math because he's not of a certain race. Uh but but I think the undefeated season is great bit in question right now. But at at, uh, at four and two because they played the Jets yesterday. No, we're not doing that. All we're right, potentially Listen. at three and three because or they three played and three. the no, Jets right. today. Okay, so we're not going to skirt around this. We're doing Jacques Lock of last week. Uh, Twenty eight. To 10. 28-10 Jets. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, the pa- and so Jet fans know, Bills fans know, Miami fans know, the Patriots are going to win the division by two or three, maybe three or four games. They're going to figure it out. And all the Jet fans are like, great, we'll win six games, we'll win seven games, and we'll pick in the middle of the draft instead of one of the first two or three picks. So Jet fans are actually pissed that their team has won a couple games. And they know, look, they, got, they have the Falcons coming up. Joe and I will probably be at the Falcons Jets game in a couple weeks. Um, they know the Patriots are going to figure things out. They know they lucked out by playing a couple really crappy teams. But uh, but the big concern is can the Patriots defense straighten it out and can you keep Brady from being sacked a record amount of times in his career? What do what do you, what? I'm sorry if I missed it. What do you have first? What do you think in first score for this? Twenty eight to ten. Twenty eight to ten. Patriots. Patriots. No way. I don't see that at all. I I I, I could see twenty eight to ten going into the fourth quarter, and then the Patriots coughing it up a little bit. I could definitely see that. They haven't played. They haven't played well enough to show that they're going to be able to stop a team. Do you think the Patriots are going to give up like fourteen points or eighteen I, points? I could. I mean, they've come out strong in a lot of the the two losses that they've had. They've come out. They've come out fairly strong. They wane, they wane at the as, game you, right. as they they go on in the third and uh, fourth quarter. You could see that. You could see that Carolina game slipping away from them from the middle of the third quarter on. But they, didn't they rally? They rallied. They, oh, they, 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 they do rally. Yeah, I mean they, they rallied in that game. I don't. I don't think that's going to be a regular thing. To be honest with you, from what I'm seeing so far, they, they don't want it to rally. Be. They they certainly rallied in that game. They came out real strong in the beginning against Kansas City. That looked like all right. We're going to win this. You know. 35 21 somewhere in that that's what everybody that, that that's what that game looked like after three after the first two or three se- offensive series things changed quick they are waning in third quarters of football games that's my concern i could see this being a lot closer do you think we need a fifth quarter Uh, All right, enough about the Patriots. Uh, We can talk baseball a little bit. The Sox fired their coach, who should have been fired three years ago. Only reason they didn't is, truly, he got cancer at the right time. And that sounds like an awful thing to say. And if you don't follow the team, he got cancer at the right time. Uh, And so they couldn't fire him. And then by accident, they won their division last year, got swept in the playoffs, and they did their best to not win. They they had last year's Cy Young and the year before Cy Young pitcher. They were supposed to win 100 games and run away with it this season. They backed into the playoffs. Uh, they, They won the division by two games and were not swept. But uh, but they're out of it. Yeah, it looked like they were going to be able to push a game five there, and then then it kind of all fell apart. Obviously, so they're without four. a coach. And what about game five in the National League uh, divisional round? So this is just what I wanted to throw out there and discuss with you, Jacques, Joe. See what see what you think. As far as far as a product, I mean, we're talking about this game almost pushed five hours, finished after midnight. That's a commitment. That's a real commitment. And as far as everybody, I don't know how much you listen to sports radio, Joe, or anything like that. But, I mean, they're constantly talking about the length of these games and that something's got to be done. This was an exciting game. It finished 9-8. It was back and forth. I get I get all that, but I, I just wonder if the something's got to be done, in my opinion, about the length, length of these games, or, or baseball's going to continue continue to wane. Well, this isn't anything new. I mean, it, 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 lest we forget the 
playoff runs of the Red Sox in 03 and 04. Those, uh, uh, Each one of those games was five hours. That's what I'm talking about. And those are like some groggy mornings the next yeah, morning they, at work. And I guess I guess in part it's just maybe that's just what it is with baseball. Maybe they, uh, maybe it doesn't need to be fixed, but it just seems like a lot, and, and a lot, a lot to me. And don't also, I mean, you can sort of say maybe, yeah, it's regional, but when you get like these bigger name teams like the Cubs and the Red Sox and the Yankees playing on a national platform, there are two coasts. That are watching this. So yeah. what's late for us ain't necessarily late for the West Coast. But, but but seriously, like a couple games this year have gone like six hours. And the regular season, there was like, and 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 in early May, like the first three weeks of the season, there was a six and a half hour game between like the Minnesota Twins and who gives a fuck. And, and, and it's right. like like honestly, who like would you would you you have two small kids? They're not ready to go to games. My mine are ten and seven. I've taken them to NHL games. I might take the oldest one, you know, to the the Jets game if I work in a couple weeks. Those games are in and out in three hours. If there's a couple replays, a lot of penalties, you're talking three and a half, but there's a lot of action moving. A five and a half hour, four and a half, five hour baseball game. It's the like, nature of the like, game. I, I can tell you, and I'm, you know, we, which we, is why we, I don't watch baseball. I know. With, 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 bas- with the Celtics, the Bruins, uh, you know, the NHL and the NBA, like, you know, we're fortunate enough. We, we don't live too far outside of, outside of Boston. I've been to Celtics games. I've been to Bruins games where I'm home by 10, 15, 10, 30. Right. I'm like literally back in my house at that time before the post game regame yeah and, and it, with this i mean this is this a, this, this conversation is, can't go any further for one reason baseball doesn't have a clock yeah that's and, the way of the it's just the nature of the fucking game do you and, cut innings do you, because, hey, you know what I, I, yeah because you, i mean I, i'll tell you this I, I'm a hockey purist. Uh, one of the biggest things that I hate about hockey in the last 20 years is they put advertisement on the boards. They used to not be a, a, a billboard. And I, I, every introduction to hockey I've hated the last 20, 30 years. I will say this. When they decided to get rid of ties, you know, years ago and started playing shootouts. overtime. And I don't like the shootouts, but I do like, and I thought I would hate it. I do like the four-on-four overtime, mm. and and now you're completely changing the nature of the game. You're, you know, do we bo- do an eight-on-eight? I know. Yeah. Well, no, but but seriously, you have to be okay to change now. And hockey's one of those things. One of the things I hate it like the last three or four World Cups have come down to shootouts. You want the most important soccer game played in four years to become a skills competition like that? But I don't hate the shootout as much as I used to. I've gotten used to it. But I will say, I love the four-on-four overtime. You have like a home run. Derby at the tenth inning? Or is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, yeah. but but maybe something dramatically changes. Maybe you cut it to seven innings. You mean you'll still so, have long games? Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I, I just thought it was I thought it was really long. And you brought up ironically Pete Rose earlier. It just that um the eighth inning there, the pickoff, uh, which was well, he was he was marked safe at first base. There was a there was a there was a play to first base and attempt to pick off the runner at first base. He was called safe. They did the replay and it was damn close, but he got he got called out. And Pete Rose, I remember years ago when all this stuff started coming up about, you know, do we have replay in baseball? Should there be instant play? I believe it was Pete Rose who said the fans Bet love it was. the fans love, love when the umpire makes a mistake. The fans love when the umpire makes a mistake. I remember him, I believe it was him who said that. And and I, I and I wonder I, I that play was just so close. I, I I wonder if we lost something in in the the originalness of baseball. Well, you mentioned obviously I was going to bring that up about the length of the game and the introduction of instant replay. I mean, it's not helping the cause. No, you're no. slow. I mean, let's You're take slowing a game, it down. Let's take a game that's already fucking slow and then pour some molasses on it. I mean, he was and called staple safe. it, it to the. His, it was his call. It was it was his yeah. call. And yeah, you know, you, they went back, they replayed it, and yeah, his his foot came off the bag, and they felt they saw enough to to overturn it irrefutably, but. It just to me, I wonder if there's something something lost in that. Uh, I mean, I, the, there's a purest uh, position you can take on something like that. I think, I guess, for the integrity of the game on big, big, big games and big calls, maybe there's a place for instant replay. I don't know how judiciously it's used in the games now. I don't know if they only reserve instant replays. I don't know if there's like a flag system where you can only call. You get two challenges. You get two challenges, yeah. Unless your first one's wrong and then you don't, I think. No, you're not counted or something like that. Yeah. So that's, that's, I guess, okay, you know, because there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of bad calls that like really turn the tides dramatically in big big games that are just fucking wrong and and to have that to give one man that much power right 
is just not a good idea. I agree. I, I wish we had a right man. We need instant. Lines. We need instant replay in some other organizations. Okay, so we've we've covered sports, we've covered uh, crap, we've covered some. T- let's talk a little uh, little music. Uh, well, we had a little music, we had some great rap, and uh, now let's talk about your musical inspiration. You, you, you left the C off of crap. Uh-huh. <laughs> talk Anna, about Anna. you you living the dream. So you've gone to Ren Fair, <laughs> you you've you go you've gone to the gaming convention. It was not my dream uh, to go to Ren Fair. You are, uh, but the boobs were nice. Yeah, they were. And then, uh, but now now. Now, later, the dream is coming to town. <laughs> Santa Claus? No. <laughs> better. Better. So, th- Friday, Weird Al Yankovic, who we all know and love, uh, has announced a new uh, North American tour. He's calling it the, I got to read this because it's long, the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. <laughs> uh, what it is, essentially... If you've ever been to a Weird Al concert, which I and know you haven't, but Jim, I have. Jim's, I've, I've been, been with Jim. Many. I've he, been to a lot, actually. Yeah, and you went to the last before. one when he yeah, was in the yeah. Wilbur. I've been to, I've actually been to two or three without you, too. Right. Your significant yeah. other actually got you tickets yes. as a present. Yes, yes, that's true. To a true. Weird Al concert, which he's, so long story short, too late. The normal Weird Al concert is a multimedia extravaganza. <laughs> he plays all the hits. He plays a couple of like deep cuts, but he does like a lot of costume changes, big um, TV screens. He, you know, he plays bits and stuff in between costume changes. All that's being taken away on this tour. Like this is just like him and his band sitting down on like four stools, as acoustic, he described. Acoustic. It. I don't know if it's acoustic, right. but 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 it's just them sitting down and playing like. Mostly original songs. Like he's not going to be playing a lot of Edits and White and Nerdies. He's going to be playing like deep cuts. Like he might pull out. She never told me she was a mime. Like that might be played. That's what the the, the vanity part. The excitement is. level on Joe's exactly. Face. Said, like honestly, talk he, about a Christmas tree lighting up. He's going to play Christmas at Ground Zero. <laughs> oh, his acoustic stuff is is amazing. Oh, like Melanie. Yeah, and, like, um, and when he gets when he gets acoustic, the uh, good old days. Yeah. Yeah, like he, it, it, like it's it's impressive. So uh, it's impressive. Those who live in the Boston area, you can go see him March second at Foxwoods, or if you want to stay closer to home in Boston, you can see him at the Wilba on March fourth. Tickets go on sale Friday, October twentieth at noontime Eastern, um, and they're also noontime local to whatever venues around the country. But uh, I'm probably going to be, you know, online. Noontime, lunch hour. I'm gonna be uh, staking out a couple of tickets. Jacques, you'd let me know if you want me to pick up four more. Four. <laughs> <laughs> One. Um, no, that, that that I would. I, I definitely. I, I have not seen Weird Al. Uh, but these are just he 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 went out of his way, Weird Al, to say, look, this is not for the average fan. This is for the deeper, deeper cut fan. Like basically, me and Jim. And you and I am deeply cut. <laughs> uh, so, so that that no, that is bowl and chew blues. <laughs> <laughs> no, the generic blues. Generic blues. Bowl and chew blues is what we blue. talk. Yeah, yeah that, that's my <laughs> life. Sorry, that's, that's, how, that's an in uh, yeah. joke. So we asked uh, earlier about like some ideas for like when we're talking about we did a Resident Evil um, last weekend for sideshow. Next weekend we're going to try to maybe do our first uh, holiday special or you know kind of geared towards Halloween. Uh, is is that the next podcast closest? Halloween should be the next one or the one after. Well, are you talking about our podcast? Podcast, podcast Carnival Personnel. Uh, gee, I got to look at the calendar. But I... we, but either way, uh, if you guys got ideas, like you know, we've been throwing around ideas, like are there songs? Are there real Halloween songs? I, I don't mean obscure things. Something that is universally accepted as a Halloween song, other than Monster Mash, is uh, you know, costume ideas, like favorite candies. If you got ideas for the Halloween episode, tweet them at Joe. Tweet them at the show. Tweet them at me. Facebook, scream. Nobody at, uses Twitter. Facebook. Fuck Twitter. Fa- Facebook it, or or just scream at Jim as he drives by because I think that's social that's media the for best him. Way to get me. Yeah, just scream at him and, and he will respond. Do I got an idea for you? Oh damn it! And I, uh, just so I'll tell you, you can't get me on this damn phone. I'll tell you that it's not working too <laughs> you well. Right sons now. of bitches. All right, yeah. So that will be aired October thirtieth. That'll be the Monday, October thirtieth. Great. Okay. Right before Halloween. So we'll do that one. So any ideas, please send them our way. Um, as far as the regular things, any ideas about like the show and topics, please you know tweet, 
Facebook them, as I've been told. Oh, how about Instagram? We don't have Instagram no. accounts, but you can Instagram it, Instagram on our, on our behalf. Hashtag Carnival Person. Uh, two ends. Uh, this week we have a you know staying with the gaming thing. This is our third gaming sideshow in a row. Mario, Resident Evil. Might as well. And now we're going to do Castlevania. So, on account of the spookiness. So if you go, if you're going to off yourself after this podcast and before sideshow, just stick around through next week's sideshow, and maybe that will give you a reason to go on. I'm going to tell you more about Castlevania than I even know. Uh, <laughs> so as always, uh, thank you for uh, thank you for listening. Jimmy, got any parting shots? No, thank you uh, for letting me be here again. Again, I really um I'm, I'm we don't let make you this work with you guys. I'm, I'm you're excited always, to be here. Always welcome. Always welcome, and uh, don't be too excited. This, this <laughs> no, listen, listen. It's palpable. <laughs> right. No one's listening. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, see, the only problem with you being here is that takes now there's no half, one listening. Half right. of our <laughs> listenership. Oh, uh, I did get it. I just got on the phone. I got... This week's FNH update, Biff said he really sucked. And, and, and like, not, and he, I'm not, I usually say Biff sucks. Biff said he sucks. He was glad that John wasn't there. Um, he had a situation where the douchebag Nick was on a breakaway and about the wheels about to come off. And, and Biff thought, oh, I could pop him right now. But, our friend, guitar center Scotty, was right behind him, and Biff didn't want a collateral damage, so he didn't take out Nick. Nick ends up scoring, so uh, Scotty Black, uh, you can go fuck yourself, keep your head up, because Biff is not going to... Uh, he doesn't care if you pay your $27. If, you're, if you keep him from leveling Nick, you brought it upon yourself. That what bit. were you wearing? That Biff, what a character. <laughs> Always trying to get away with something. Any, any last thoughts? No. Uh, well, <laughs> then I'll end it by saying, do not forget 